God uses uh, the, you know, the personalities uh, of uh, each of the writers, authors of Bible books uh, in specific ways. And then, you know, um, uh, when you uh, also many years after these events actually happen, uh, not that they forgot, but under inspiration, God's using them to give an account. Uh, and they all had uh, different takes on it uh, by what you see. If you, uh, it, we could all see the same thing and give a different story. Um, about what we actually saw. Uh, so uh, just uh, understand, uh, it's a great study. We'll get into it another time. And so I just cut like 20 minutes uh, off of uh, the message just there. Uh, we'll deal with it uh, separately, uh, different, uh, different day. Matthew 28, uh, let's, uh, let's stand together as we read tonight. Uh, we've, uh, uh, it's been a long day uh, and uh, everybody is tired. So that's why we're going to move quickly this evening. But we're going to begin reading verse number 1. Bible says, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to draw, uh, it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary uh, to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Uh, I love that. Uh, and uh, of all the parts of this, and, uh, wouldn't you just like to be, you know, the other Mary? Uh, to, you know, Mary and the other Mary. Uh, and uh, so verse 3 says, His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. The angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee, there shall ye see him, although I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless us again tonight, please. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, so when the women uh, arrived at the sepulchre, um, they met the angel uh, of the Lord. Uh, again, Luke says there's two. John says there's two. Uh, but here we note the word specifically that it's the angel of the Lord. And the Bible describes him uh, like uh, you would understand uh, an appearance of the angel of the Lord or God uh, or his countenance uh, and uh, with lightning and his raiment uh, is white as snow. Uh, and uh, he communicated to them some important things, and we're going to focus on uh, his words uh, tonight. Uh, the first thing I want you to notice is the comfort uh, that the angel of the Lord gave uh, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, uh, and, uh, and it's important. He said this, he said to the women, uh, he said, fear not. Um, fear uh, is exactly uh, what gripped uh, the hearts of, uh, of them when they saw uh, the event uh, that they had seen. Uh, and uh, in fact, later on it says there's, um, they, they left and they had fear and great joy. Um, and that's probably, uh, I mean, it's a great way to express that for us to understand, but it's hard to kind of contemplate, uh, you know, how to be like super afraid, fear. And, and the Bible in Luke describes it uh, as, uh, as, a, as a terror, really. A very, uh, they were very afraid uh, and then having joy at the same time. Uh, I was trying to figure out a way to explain that, and a thought that came to my mind, if you remember uh, when uh, CJ called, he got in that wreck and, and, uh, and hit that person in Oklahoma, 
And, uh, and so it was uh, a very traumatic experience for him. It was also traumatic for us, uh, the whole family, in fact. Uh, and so like every time CJ calls me, you could be like, he's going to call me and say, Dad, I love you, praying for you. But I see his name on the phone and I have an anxiety attack. Uh, so I've got like PTSD whenever I see his name. He needs to just change. Uh, uh, I should change the, uh, his, his name on, my, on his phone so I don't see, don't think of that. But anyways, um, fast forward. Uh, and they were um, uh, going to do a pregnancy announcement. Uh, and so uh, we got kind of called into the auditorium. Uh, it was at, at a food function. Uh, and uh, it's like, oh, you need to call them. And so um, I, I'm thinking they're in an accident. You know, something terrible has happened. And so we're trying to get a hold of them. We're kind of walking through uh, here. And we go back in here because we want to get some privacy because I didn't know what was coming. And, uh, and so I had, I had great fear. Uh, and then it was like partway through that process, I realized it was a baby announcement and it wasn't somebody died or something terrible happened. And I had great joy. And so, so that's how I can kind of relate to like a, an intense fear uh, coupled with joy uh, and having those emotions at uh, the very same time. I wouldn't recommend it uh, for anyone. Uh, I'll just put that out there. Uh, but uh, it, God describes this. But the angel of the Lord comforted them and told them to not be afraid. Uh, and uh, in, it speaks of, uh, you know, the, the soldiers feared. The Bible says that, uh, that uh, they were so afraid that they trembled uh, and, and feared. And so you can imagine uh, hardened soldiers, uh, people who were, were used to perhaps seeing battle and things. And, uh, and, uh, and these, uh, you know, back in the day uh, when they could tell um, you'd have to be a biologist to be able to decide or tell if somebody was a woman. Uh, and uh, and they are, uh, they're the weaker vessel, uh, not being chauvinistic, it's just what the Bible talks about. Uh, it would be easy to understand and imagine that at a site like that, that they would be afraid as well. Uh, and, uh, but God uh, comforted them. The angel met their great need with the comforting words, fear not. But then he says this, which I think is a great uh, kind of insight or a takeaway for me as I read this story. And by the way, when you read the Bible, it's very practical. Uh, and um, in, it's the account of the resurrection, but it's profitable. Uh, it's profitable for me. Not just the information and the narrative and what it means about the resurrection, but there's nuggets of stuff uh, intertwined in all of the accounts in the Bible that I can take and make application for my life. It's not a spiritualization of the passage. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a way to apply it. Uh, in, and this is what God uh, helped me to see uh, in this account as well. Uh, and that's not just the comfort uh, that he gave them, uh, but um, the, uh, the, the cognizance or the understanding uh, that the angel of the Lord had and what it did for them. When he said this, he says, for I know that you seek Jesus, uh, which was crucified. Uh, so the angel, uh, was, uh, the angel of the Lord was given information, obviously, if it's God or if it's an angel, the angel and angel, uh, as we get into those studies later, later on. Uh, but they, the angel of the Lord revealed to them um, exactly why they were there. Uh, they, he says, you came uh, to seek Jesus. Uh, and, uh, and what that was, was, you ever hear the expression, you know, uh, man looks on the outside, but God sees the heart. Uh, faithfulness and sincere faithfulness a lot of times goes unnoticed uh, because it is a matter of the heart. And what the angel of the Lord did for them 
uh, is in that mention, and, and for me, profitable for me, maybe for you as well, uh, helps us to understand that God does in fact see the heart uh, and he recognizes the sincere. They didn't go there um, as, uh, you know, um, you know, when we see something terrible, uh, we, uh, we turkey neck and we, we, uh, we, we want to go to scenes of different things and we're, uh, we're nosy about stuff, but their intentions were completely genuine and they went there uh, to, and came to the grave to see Jesus. And, uh, and that type of, of recognition uh, is important. It's encouraging uh, to me to know that God, God knows exactly uh, what I'm doing, what I'm thinking. He knows why. He knows why I'm here today. He, he knows why I'll be here next week. Uh, and, uh, and God, uh, it's an encouragement. But it's also a warning in one respect because God does see the positive sides of, of our intentions and motivations, but He can also see the negative sides. Uh, and uh, there's, uh, you know, if I can use the word religiosity I, or, uh, or um, you know, churchianity, uh, there are a lot of shows uh, that are put on. You think of, uh, I was talking to somebody earlier today, and they had gone to a service, and, uh, and uh, all the purple lights and smoke, you know, and the, and the bands playing and all this different stuff, and it's just um, the irreverence that's involved in that is an, another message uh, for another time. Uh, but uh, it's a show. Uh, and, uh, and there are people, and again, I'm thankful that people celebrate Easter and Resurrection Sunday, uh, but there are a lot of people, you know, people that I know personally, family members, extended family, whatever, uh, have meals and they get together and they give Easter baskets and all the things and, sep- and celebrate more of, a, uh, a, of an Americanized, commercialized um, Easter celebration. That's Okay. Uh, that I'm, I'm just glad that they're doing that, but much of it is just a show. Um, every, everything from, and, I'm, I'm all, and again, please don't get me wrong, if you, if you went out and got like a, uh, an outfit for Easter and all that kind of stuff, um, all that's wonderful. But those types of things can become uh, very uh, fleshly, very materialistic, could be very showy, could be very competitive uh, in some places. Um, there's been, you know, uh, all kinds of things can happen with the show uh, of our religion. Um, but the angel of the Lord uh, understood exactly what was going on. And then the clarification, which I mentioned briefly uh, in my words this morning, where he says in verse number six, he is not here for he is risen. So the angel of the Lord clarified his first statement uh, with the second uh, and the reason that he is not here uh, is because he has risen. Uh, and the angel gave the only right answer uh, for the empty tomb. Christ is risen. Just as he said. Uh, he had told uh, them that he would do that. And there's, there's no other satisfactory explanation for the empty tomb other than the fact that Jesus just did what he said he was going to do. Uh, and so he clarified that. Uh, any other explanation uh, is an argument that is built uh, on sand and, uh, and will not stand um, examination. Uh, all of the, uh, the conspiracies and the people, they stole it or, uh, or the stories that were told. Uh, and by the way, uh, if any of those, uh, people believe those. Uh, and of course we don't. We know that, uh, that uh, we serve a risen Savior. Uh, and uh, uh, all, all other 
uh, religious uh, heads and leaders uh, that have ever lived have died uh, and are in the grave. Jesus is the only one that conquered it. Uh, and, uh, and so he clarifies the first statement with the second. says, he is not here, for he is risen, uh, and gives the only explanation. And then he confirms uh, some things as well. He says this, he says, come, verse number six, come see the place uh, where the Lord lay. Now the gospel, and we know at the end of all the gospels, the book of Acts, uh, that uh, Jesus uh, God uh, in the flesh proved even further uh, by many infallible uh, proofs uh, that, uh, that he in fact was risen uh, and the gospel message is, is, is filled uh, with an abundance of proofs and confirmations. And uh, so the angel offered great proof uh, for his statement. It was an empty tomb. Uh, and then beyond that, uh, there were grave clothes so you read the gospel accounts that were laying there, uh, and, it's not, and it wasn't like, you know, how if you go in your teenager's room, how their clothes are laying there. Uh, it's they're folded up, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and again, religiosity, uh, there are places you can go and see uh, the, sh- the, sh- the shroud of, uh, of, of, of Christ and, uh, and the things that people uh, put on display, uh, which, in fact, people worship. Uh, and, uh, and even, you know, biblical relics that are legitimate uh, in places, if you've ever been able to travel and go see some of those types of things, they're a wonderful thing, but we've got to always be careful uh, that, we, that we don't miss the fact that God wants us to have no other gods before Him, that He's a jealous God, and, and we see many times in the Bible people worshiping things that God even used. Uh, for example, Moses' staff, they started worshiping that. Uh, and, uh, and we've always got to be careful. I've been to places where I uh, went to the, the uh, Temple of the Tooth uh, in Sri Lanka where the whole complex is built around the fact that uh, one of Buddha's teeth um, are there. So people gather and worship that tooth, and, and every year uh, they have this big, huge parade, and they parade uh, Buddha's tooth uh, through, uh, through the city of Kandy and all the, uh, the places that are there. Uh, and so uh, people will worship anything. Um, but we, uh, you know, uh, we worship uh, the true uh, creator uh, and the only living uh, God. Uh, and, uh, and so he said, come and see uh, for yourself. Uh, and from the other gospels, we learn uh, that the, the grave clothes were laid there, uh, you know, um, which is another evidence, if you kind of deduce things, of, you know, uh, of not stealing the body because uh, they wouldn't have undressed the body and stole the body. Uh, there are a lot, of, a lot of things that we can study. Then we find in verse number 7 uh, the command uh, that was given, which is the crux of, of our time here tonight. He says this, he says, And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. And lo, I have Told you. So, following the information about the resurrection, uh, the Mary Magdalene and the other Mary are given a command, uh, and uh, which is uh, very fitting, uh, because as a Christian, uh, we we when we get saved, we learn the truth uh, of God's word, and then we live the truth. Uh, we communicate the truth. 
So as a practical application here is that when uh, you, you see for yourself uh, a, the risen Savior that God commands us, and later on uh, in chapter number 28 we have the Great Commission, uh, which uh, further um, uh, gives us the, the responsibility to spread the gospel uh, and to, uh, to the whole world. Uh, and uh, he said to go quickly. So that was a two-word command, and, it, and, and there's a promptness to um, God's commands. He wants us not to just dilly-dally. Uh, when he says, we had a preacher just recently, he said, you know, go. <laughs> he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Uh, we've got to go. We have to, we have to obey him. Uh, obedience uh, is important. And he says, not just to go, but he says, tell his disciples that he is also risen from the dead. Now, um, why did the disciples need to be told about the resurrection? Um, in part because they didn't believe it. Jesus had taught them. We looked at that uh, during our Sunday school hour this morning in the auditorium here, uh, and uh, they didn't believe it. Christ had told them repeatedly about the resurrection. They didn't believe, uh, and, uh, and so the enemies uh, of Christ, um, we find in Matthew chapter number 27, look over there, verse number 63, uh, since we're close, saying, Sir, we remember that the deceiver said, While uh, he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. And so the enemies of Christ remember what he said, uh, but, but his disciples didn't. Uh, we, uh, again, we, um, we are so privileged uh, as Christians in, you know, in 2022 to have the word of God and to have all these things. And, uh, and again, giving the disciples a little bit of grace and the benefit of the doubt, uh, we know so much more <laughs> about God and the, plan of, the plans of God with a completed Bible uh, than, than they understood and knew. Uh, and if we were in the same position, it would have been going over our, in, in one ear and out the other uh, just as easily as it did for them. Uh, but it's just, it's interesting uh, that the enemies uh, paid more attention uh, to what Jesus said at times than, uh, than those uh, that loved him. Uh, and there was that message in that command, and it was this, go and tell the disciples uh, that he is risen from the dead, verse number seven. Uh, and then he also says uh, to go and tell them that he goes before them in Galilee, that ye shall see him. Uh, so there was, uh, tell him about the resurrection, uh, and then tell him also he's going to give proof of that, uh, and he's going to meet them in Galilee. And in fact, he says it again uh, later on, verse number 10, then said Jesus unto them, be not afraid, go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. Uh, and, uh, and so they complied with that. They left, verse number 8, they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring uh, his disciples' word. The women did exactly what the angel of the Lord told them to do. Uh, and uh, they were obedient. Uh, and their obedience, uh, we see uh, some, uh, of course, very lasting uh, results from that uh, in church history. But they departed quickly. Um, that's what they did. Uh, they did that with fear. Uh, and it's hard to get rid of fear. Uh, when, and, and again, none of us has seen the angel of the Lord. None of us, um, even with my description, you know, it falls way short of, of what the fear uh, that they had um, most definitely falls short of that, uh, but uh, he, the angel had said, "Fear not." Uh, so it was hard to get rid of fear uh, because 
uh, of the awesomeness of who God uh, is uh, and the divine events and just what the earthquake, the, you know, and the angel of the Lord just sitting on, uh, on the rolled away stone. Um, better, it's better than anything you've ever seen. Uh, and, and, and you just figure out the time that you were the most afraid, whatever it was, and just multiply that exponentially. Uh, and we might get close probably to the fear uh, that they had felt that day. Uh, one does not hear uh, and see the angel of the Lord without fear gripping them. But then it says with great joy. And, uh, and so they had fear and, uh, and uh, felicity. And, uh, and uh, regardless of what the turmoil, uh, they were all the things that they were feeling, it didn't, what that would normally do to you or I is it would paralyze us. Um, in, in, in a number of different ways where we wouldn't... In fact, we know, we saw uh, later on in the book of Acts, he has to tell uh, uh, some people, he says, you know, why stand you here a-gazing? Uh, you know, uh, you, you watch the Lord as he ascends into heaven, uh, and that's where we're like, whoa. Uh, and, uh, and, and God's got to give us a nudge at times, uh, but uh, not these ladies. Um, they left right away with, with all of the emotions... Uh, and went and told the disciples. And not only did they just go quickly, the Bible says that they ran. They did run to bring his, the his disciples' word. So they departed quickly, did run, uh, and, uh, which is kind of analogous to the, uh, the kind of um, um, the quick starts that we get as Christians. Like when you first got saved, you were excited about God and things of God. Uh, and it's just like we, you're running a sprint. And after a while, uh, you just kind of start slowing some things down. Uh, and, uh, and we, um, uh, our enthusiasm for the Lord uh, shouldn't die. You should be just as excited today about being saved and, uh, as you were the first day that you got saved. And, and when you're not or where you're not, uh, our prayer should always be for God to restore the joy uh, that we have uh, in our salvation. Um, you know, one of the things that I do uh, often, I have uh, uh, a really old Bible that I had when I was a teenager, uh, and so I just kind of, I don't want to ruin it. Uh, I just spilled coffee on this one the other day, and it's my preaching Bible. Uh, and so it's got a lot of coffee stains. It has more coffee stains than it has tear stains. Uh, and, uh, but uh, the, um, you know, I open up that Bible, uh, and, just, and it brings me back. I've got like an old prayer list in there from when I was a teenager for my pastor and people in the church that were back in there. And, and, and what that does is it just it brings me back to that time. Now, if I take that Bible with me to Wisconsin, uh, and uh, it even does more if I'm reading it in that environment. You follow me? Um, there, there are things that you can, you can ask God to give you the joy of your salvation back, and He might just full well give it to you just on the spot. Um, but, but when you've lost joy... You should, you should do, if it's, if it's going back to your Mecca, if you will, going back to where you got saved and, 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 and you know, being in those same places, that's a, it's an important thing to do. Um, you've got to have that enthusiasm for the Lord. Said all that, uh, over into in the chapter 28, the last part of that with the Great Commission, let's just read that, verse number 19. The Bible says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you all way, even unto the end of the world. Uh, amen. Now, the resurrection is the keystone 
you know, thing with our faith. Without it, everything's vanity. Uh, we are lost uh, in our sin, uh, the resurrection. The gospel uh, is, the, uh, is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If we, if we don't mention uh, the resurrection in our communication of the gospel, we are doing a disservice to the gospel. And, and, and you've got to kind of, you know, go backwards with it. Somebody asked me today, they said, I watched the video uh, or uh, the sermon on uh, Easter week acumen and stuff. And he said, did you kind of just engineer that backwards uh, to, to get the Nissan the 14th? And I said, no, I said, it was way easier than that. I just looked it up on the Internet. Uh, and found out the calendar, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and it was just pretty that, you know, so once I knew uh, the, the calendar, uh, then it was easy uh, to look at, uh, at the dates or the weeks uh, or days during that week. Uh, and, uh, but when you, when you kind of go backwards in the sense of in spreading the gospel, the gospel being uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, uh, the message is, you know, he, he resurrected from the dead. But then, you, but then the, the natural question is, um, how did he die? Why did he die? Uh, and, and so you, you talk about uh, the death and the burial of Jesus Christ, that he has a re- resurrected Savior, um, but why he, why he went to Calvary in the first place. You can't speak to the resurrection uh, in your gospel witness without mentioning the fact that Jesus died uh, he gave his life. Um, he gave it. He had the power to give it, uh, and uh, uh, no one took his life. Uh, that he that he died for uh, my sins. That he died for your sins. So the gospel message is all. And but even you can go back. Well, you know who is Jesus, and uh, and why did he come? And you talk about the incarnation, uh, and it's all the way back. So in a nutshell, the gospel message is really Genesis to Revelation. Uh, it's the Bible account of God Himself, His revelation. It's 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 doing that. So when talk, people talk about, um, you know, we just uh, we we shouldn't focus on these other things. We just need to preach the gospel. Well, this all of this is the gospel to a certain degree. So we got to preach the whole counsel of God. Um, but but you can't if if your gospel message is um, believe with no mention of the death, burial, resurrection of Christ and the reason uh, that all of that happened, why he was your substitute uh, and, uh, and why you had that need while you were dead in trespasses and sin, he quickened you uh, and, uh, and gave you new life. All of that is important. And it's so vital and it's so important uh, that Jesus' last words uh, before he ascended was for us to go uh, and share that message with other people. Um, so, you know, Easter eggs and ham and, you know, uh, baskets and all the things that people do. I saw, uh, I saw all kinds of, um, uh, there's one church, I have a, a friend in North Carolina, and they had, um, uh, they dropped like, I don't know, 5,000 eggs or whatever it was out of a helicopter. Uh, and they had like scores of people that are there and, uh, and all of that. Think what you want about all of that. The bottom, the bottom line is we have to take the good news of the gospel to people. That's our responsibility. Now, we've got to be careful uh, that, you know, 
ends and means. You know, the ends doesn't always justify the means. And the ends of the gospel, by the way, is, is Jesus saving people, which we can't take any credit for. So it doesn't matter if we throw eggs out of a helicopter or if we, uh, or if we just sit in an empty room and read Matthew chapter number 28. Um, the, the, the ends is all of God, and He does that. The ends, so I'm saying that, another message for another time. Um, when, we, when we don't do God's work His way, uh, and, uh, and somebody gets saved, we justify what we've done by the ends. Uh, and it's not a fair thing to do. It's not a right thing to do. Uh, and so it's like, people got saved. But brother, we know people got saved. That's wonderful. You didn't do that. God did that. You did that. And God don't like it. God saves sometimes people despite our efforts, uh, despite um, our failure to worship Him uh, properly. But the end in mind goal of everything we do as a church, everything we do as an individual Christian uh, is about taking the greatest message that we've ever heard, the greatest thing that ever happened to us individually as, as being born again, and then it's sharing that with somebody else. Um, so that they can hear it and that they can be saved. The greatest story ever told. Uh, and, uh, and often it is lost on us because we're, you know, um, we have assurance of salvation and we're, we, we know that we're going to go to heaven based on the promise of God's word. Uh, and, uh, and we just, you know, run this fine line of God and mammon and, and getting distracted and all the different things. We, we need... Um, Resurrection Sundays uh, and in and the events of, of Easter week, um, at least, and, and communion for us to, be, to consciously, purposefully meditate uh, on the most important things uh, that have happened in our life. And our takeaway should be that is, that is vital and it's important, it's an integral, and, and I, don't, I shouldn't keep that to myself. I need to tell somebody else uh, about God's saving grace. So he challenges his disciples to go and do that uh, very same thing. And it started out with uh, the two Marys. Uh, and he said, go and tell. Uh, and, and by the way, um, you can believe in a resurrected Christ, um, but you've got to meet the resurrected Christ yourself. You have to come and see. Uh, it, it has to be what God does for you. Uh, because, again, there are people that believe uh, in the resurrection uh, or the resurrection of the dead, um, and they've got all kinds of religions that they've formulated around that. Uh, so you, I've, I've, I've met people that say, I believe Jesus rose from the dead, um, but they're not personally saved. Uh, they're not born again. And uh, so it's not just an intellectual thing. Uh, it's a heart thing. Uh, and let's share that with the people that we come in contact with. Let's all stand tonight and... Uh, and uh, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed and